Immediately a man was nailed to the cross, he lost all his rights. And if you ever get nailed to the cross, you'll lose all yours too. We love ourselves so much, and who are, who are we talking about now? Unbelievers? No. So-called believers who have never understood what it is to take up the cross and put self to death. See, because in the last days there's going to be very little preaching about the cross and death to self-life. And so, when there's no preaching against death on death to self, self is going to flourish in the lives of many Christians. They won't even know that you cannot follow Jesus if you love yourself. I don't ask people if they're saved anymore. Who isn't saved? From the White House to the Jailhouse. <clears throat> I'm asking you, is Christ, does Christ live in you? Christianity is the only religion in the world where a man's God comes and lives inside of him. Thanks be to God that when I finally acknowledge that I can't do this, it's not possible for me to live the Christian life on my own. I, I'm not called to chart my own course. I'm not called to create my own destiny and ask God to bless it. I'm called to follow Him. I'm called to give up the rights to my life and walk with the Holy Savior. I'm called to let His mind be formed in me. His life become my life. His ways become my ways. His purpose become my purpose. His plan become my plan. And then the power of God will come upon me. Run from those that are picking your pocket in the name of Jesus. Run! Run from churches where men and not Christ are glorified. Run! Run from those who preach division between races and cultures. Run! Run from preachers that stand and tell stories and jokes. Run like you've never run before. Those are wise words you can listen to or you can ignore. But I guarantee you here at the Removing Confusion podcast and ministry, I'm not going to encourage you to run from me. I do the best I can to stay scripturally sound and stay, stay, I'm sorry, stay above board. I don't point fingers at anybody. Try not to because the Bible continually chastises me when I start to do that publicly. My own thoughts in my own head is a whole other thing that I have to take to account with God on my own. But when I speak to you and you listen, and I'm so happy that you do, I'm blessed that you do, there's no room for error. There's no room for me to tell you to stay away from this or stay away from that. We preach a very good uh, discerning message here. I have pointed you as a uh, small group that listen towards those I feel are worth listening to, and you won't find many of them on TV. Matter of fact, only one. 
that I think is even worth time spent that has a TV ministry, and that's David Lankford. I have friends that, oh, I want to listen to David Jeremiah. I'm like, why? If you're listening, they want want this milk toast stuff. They want this watered-down stuff. And that's what you'll get. You know, if, if, a, if a guy goes a little too deep into Scripture, we don't want that. That's too much of a teaching, not a preaching. You know, and big-time ministries have taken big-time money from government. Some, some into the tunes, to, uh, yeah, tunes, that's our whatever, into the, of a, of, of a million dollars in these past years during the COVID epidemic, pandemic, whatever you want to call it, plandemic, scamdemic, pandemic, epidemic, uh, it's, it's all the same. Somebody perpetrated something upon us, and the ones that took the, the biggest hit were the churches. Now, maybe God was cleaning house. I don't know. That's, again, not up to me to, to determine. But when you go to your local church and look around and you'll see there's a lot of people that haven't come back now not all of them have passed away some have i'm sure but when you look around you say why is there so many empty seats here because people have become fearful now today that's not my that's not where i was headed that's not the the road i was going down but we're going to look at some things here uh, in Exodus, Exodus, chapter twenty-three. The uh, term that's used here for for some of the verses we'll look at are called sundry laws. Sundry, S-U-N-D-R-Y, which simply means several or more than one. And it's laws that Moses brought to the uh, the people, and then they were penned down into our Bible. Now, some people will say, you're reading from the Old Testament. That's under the law. We don't need to be under it. I want you to, again to uh, realize when you speak that stupidity that um, the first the first century church didn't have a New Testament until the apostles, disciples wrote it. The letters that went out from Paul and the gospels that came from the, the pens of uh, the uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Sorry. See, there's there's a disconnect that people get into because of people who have told them we're a New Testament church. You start talking laws, that's a send a shiver up and down people's spine. But if, if you look at the Ten Commandments, which are not uh, really, they're moral laws. And as a carry on here in Exodus 23 and verse number one, we'll start with Thou shalt not raise a false report, nor put thine hand 
with the wicked to be an unrighteous witness. Let us look at that very distinctly. In this era that we live in, folks, right now, you can turn on your TV, you can flip on your radio, and you can go on YouTube, new tube and every other tube out there on the internet you have major and i want to emphasize major multi-million dollar entities who do nothing but gin up fear and really in the end promote falsehoods now do they you know, as, as news sources, I don't care. You know, if you're, you do as you wish, but I don't have to listen to you. As, as these modern-day prophets that come on and just continually tell us that this is going to happen first before that happens, and it never happens. What is that? That's a false report. Again, they're not, they're not particularly Christian so we can sit there and say, well, you know, I'm a Christian and I'm listening to a guy that I believe knows what he's talking about because of his track record. His track record of what? How often has he been wrong? Or how vague is he in his determination of what is yet to come or what will come? You know, in the uh, fortune teller's um, realm, trying to think of the right word, circle, let's put it that way, the fortune teller's circle, uh, typically they have no power. Now, some do. I will say that. I don't discount the powers of evil. Some have very specific dark demonic power given to them by demons or satan whatever you want to call it and they have a foreknowledge but they only have it to a certain degree they aren't prophets as god's prophets were god's prophets are 100% correct 100% of the time now we read the things like Matthew 24, Luke 21, Mark 13, and say, well, it hasn't happened yet. But if you really know your history, it has happened. The things that Jesus spoke in Matthew 24, rumors of wars, wars and wars, wars and rumors of wars, earthquakes that would keep getting worse and worse, uh, as travail comes comes upon a woman, which means as a woman enters into labor, as the child's about to be born, things get, you know, it starts out with, honey, my water broke or whatever. I have contractions or, you know, however that goes, you know. And sometimes they're false contractions. You know, they call them Braxton Hicks or something. But, you know, when the time comes, the contractions come, the pain starts to happen. And they, they start out maybe 
half an hour apart or an hour apart. I don't know. I've never, I've never given birth, so I'm not really up on this. But, you know, they, they happen, and then the, 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 the contractions happen quicker as it comes closer and closer to the child being born. That's just biology. That's science. That's real science. In the same realm, or the same route, prophecy works that way. It happens, and then it may happen again. And then as it goes along, it happens quicker and quicker. Things seem to be stacking up faster and faster. Now, you know, it's up to us as Christians to discern and to decipher and understand what is true prophetic things happening and what is not. We need to use our, our, our thinkers and our Bible because that's the ultimate source. That's the, that's the word of God as we have it. Unfortunately, so many people don't do that. And they're the ones that you would expect to, the ones that are in the church, that you would expect to be a little bit more involved in steering away from a false report. Again, 23.1 Exodus, thou shalt not raise a false report. And there's a, a colon after that. Put not thine hand with the wicked to be an unrighteous witness. Now, there you go. If you want to sit and listen to the purveyors of darkness, the purveyors of fear, those who go on and on for days on end telling you that the nukes are going to fall. And they very well may, folks. I don't know. I'm not saying they won't. But then you have these guys that are going to tell you exactly who's going to do it, when they're going to do it, how it's going to happen, what's going to trigger it, because I've been there, I know. And predictably, they're not right most of the time. The second part of this is where it comes in. If you want to sit and listen to a false report, if you, it says, first of all, it says, thou shalt not raise a false report. So for those who are raising them, that is your warning from God. Not from me, from God. The second part, I believe, fits the person who's listening. Put not thine hand with the wicked to be an unrighteous witness. If you pass on that same report as if it's like the gospel of God, and it doesn't come to fruition, you have just done that. You put your hand with the wicked to be an unrighteous witness. You want to do something? Put your hand with Jesus. Put your hand to the Bible. Um. Down, down, down the page a little bit, you'll see in Exodus 23, 7, to keep far from a false matter. And the innocent and righteous slay thou not, for I will not justify the wicked. 
keep thy keep thee or keep yourself far from a false matter. Don't stick your nose in there every day. You know, keep going back to the trough of trash. I used to I used to be the guy who listened to every conspiracy thing that came along. And occasionally I can be persuaded to check something out. But then I found the darkness is always there and the light rarely gets to shine. And then I see the some of the most to me some of the most vile people that curse God's name openly on camera where it's like you can see demons being exposed but then they'll have a christian guy come on with them and then they'll be praising god and how they bow themselves and prostrate before god and the christian idiots out there that buy into it say oh well look at it this is what he does no that's what you should be doing i doubt that he does maybe he does i don't know or she we'll just leave that open if you know who I'm talking about, that's fine. If you don't, that's fine too. Again, I'm not going to point a direct finger at someone. But there's a there's a guy out there that likes to claim all that. And typically, you know, what? hey, that's between him and God. But if you curse God's name right out there on camera, right in the open, over and over again, don't come crying to me. I don't hate anyone, by the way, so don't get that idea. Oh, you hate this. No, I don't. I, I hate sin, and especially the sin that gets into me. So I have to keep myself away from it, to keep myself away from the false matters, to keep myself away from the false reports, you know, to, to look at all this stuff and taking it into its entirety. You're just eating garbage. You want to get somewhere, stay within the pages of the Bible. Find someone else who can help you along to learn more about that. Exodus 23 and 2 says, Thou shalt not follow a multitude to do evil, neither shalt thou speak in a cause to decline after many to wrestle judgment or rest judgment. <clears throat> don't follow a multitude. Yeah, you know, all right, this guy's got, you know, if you if you want to know my numbers, they're not very large at all. I do okay and I don't care. That's between God and you that are out there that this podcast falls in your lap and you can pass it on to others if you feel like I don't care. I don't do it for numbers. I don't do it to get more recognition in the world. I don't. I really don't want that much. I just want to be a help to those that need it at a time when they need it. And typically, I pray that you know that happens more often than not. It does. We don't do the news anymore as we used to. I used to touch the news a lot, and I, I just got. I was like, "What am I doing?" We are in the last days of this planet. I believe that 
and a lot of you that are listening with me, you probably believe it too. We can't waste our time on the things that drag people down. We need to lift them up. This verse again that we just read again was don't follow a multitude to do evil nor speak in a cause. You know, Moses and Aaron, they really, they were mad because God was supplying all their needs. Really. I mean, if you read the accounts that go through Exodus, uh, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, they would go through these swings, though, right? But they were mad because God was meeting their needs. Numbers 14, 1 and 2. And all the congregation lined up their voice and cried, and the people wept that night, and all the children of Israel murmured, murmured, sorry, <laughs> murmured against Moses and against Aaron. And the whole congregation said unto them, Would God that we had died in the land of Egypt, or would God we had died in the wilderness? Would God that we had died in the land of Egypt, or would God we had died in, the, in this wilderness? And wherefore hath the Lord brought us unto this land to fall by the sword, that our wives and our children would be prey? Were it not better for us to return into Egypt? And uh, fourteen four, and they said one to another, "Let us make a captain, and let us return into Egypt." If you stop just right there, they're mad. God's given them food. God has done in a miraculous one miraculous thing after another. Really, the dead, the red, <laughs> dead, the Red Sea parted. The Egyptian army, the, the largest army known to man at that point in time, was swallowed up in the waters as they fell back on them. God gave Moses. See, now, uh, I proclaimed this the other day in church. It, 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 when we read these, we say, man, Moses was something. But it wasn't Moses. It wasn't Aaron. It was God. It wasn't the stick in their hand that had this magic power. It was God, and it wasn't magic. It was miraculous. It was creator-empowered. There are no heroes here. There is God. You know, we can look at it and say, well, they're biblical heroes. No, you don't want to throw the word hero. They're not like the... They're not like Batman and Superman. These are men just like the rest of us, but God used them. And notice it was God who used them. They didn't use God. Some people try to throw that around. Oh, you're just using God. I'm not using God. I allow God to use me, and I pray that he does. <laughs> 
But they said, let us make a captain and let us return into Egypt. So in other words, we're going to pull somebody out of the crowd and make him the boss. And we're going right back to the world. Now, in the, in the, in the church today, there's many different factions. And we call them denominations. And it's like, you'll have a bulk of them will have certain beliefs that they go with. And then there's another faction that doesn't believe that doctrine that this one's spun up for themselves so that they can get away with more than they want to. You know, and the biggest, one of the biggest ones out there is pre-tribulationism. And then, and I'd say right along with that is once saved, always saved, unconditional, eternal security. And as you look at the Bible, again, we're in the Old Testament, aren't we? We're looking at this where it says, they said to one another, let us make a captain and return to Egypt. They're trying to say we don't want anything with God. We're done with him. We don't want anything to do with God's appointed man, Moses, men, I should say, Moses and Aaron. We want to go back and live the good life temporally here that we had in Egypt. Egypt is a picture or topology, a type, as we read it, of the world we know around us as Christians. The people are those of us that, you know, they they were saved and, you know, in a, in a, in a, typological way they were baptized out of egypt and out of the world and into this wilderness where god was doing everything that he could possibly do to keep them alive he'd given them laws of purity and and honesty to follow it's too much then you know like i say he supplies that manna from heaven which is enough to feed them for a day every day except the sabbath which was you know would have been saturday as we know it the seventh day so on friday they would gather a double portion so they wouldn't have to do the work on saturday or the or the sabbath but they they've decided to divorce all that we don't want that anymore we're going back we want somebody else we don't want this moses guy who who this God that he says he's in charge that's in charge of him is actually God is we don't want that anymore. We don't want God. We want to go back to Pharaoh. We're go, we'll go back to him on our hands and knees and we'll make bricks for his, his cities and we'll, we'll bow down to him and we'll go under the whip just so we can eat cucumbers and whatever else was available. And meat and whatever, you know, all the birds you can eat. Well, God gave them all the birds they could ever want to eat at one point until they had it coming out of their nostrils. But then on verse 5 of Numbers 14, we see that Moses and Aaron fell on their faces before all the assembly of the congregation of the children of Israel. And Joshua, the son of Nun, and UN, and Caleb, the son of we'll forget that <laughs> the son of Jephunneh, uh, which were of them that searched for the land 
rent their clothes. They, that, that was a way that they had of saying, this is too much for us to stand, and they'd rip their clothing. They, they, they saw the promised land. They had gone in, you know, Joshua and Caleb, they're the ones that came back with a good report. And they said, well, you don't want to go back to Egypt. God has given us something so much more. These people had lost their ever-loving minds. Because they they just wanted the easy life again. We, 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 we were tired of eating this manna that God supplies. We'll go back and see what Pharaoh can give us, even if it's just, you know, the smallest portion for each family. You know, we'll, we'll do the work for Pharaoh, but we're not going to do the work for God. We're not going to go in to the uh, promised land that God has promised us. Matter of fact, this is where they, nope, you don't get to go in. <clears throat> Proverbs one ten, my son, if sinners entice thee, consent thou not. If sinners entice thee, consent thou not. If they say, come with us, let us lay, uh, let us lay wait for blood. Let us lurk privily for the innocent without cause. My son, walk not thou in the way with them. Refrain thy foot from their path. That's Proverbs one ten, one eleven, and one fifteen. Proverbs 1 kicks right off with a lot of really good stuff. If you read your Proverbs day by day, which a lot of people do, and I've tried, and I always end up getting lost and forgetting to do it, and I'm studying something else or whatever. But if you if you do it, you know, you'll, you'll get wisdom from Proverbs. That's what it's all about is wisdom. You know, you're not going to find any uh, stuff in there that, you know, is going to lead you down a wrong path. Again, discernment has to be kicked in. What does that really mean? We say discernment. It just means being able to decipher, to look at things and say, that doesn't look right. You know, usually if you can look at something that you say, it just doesn't look right. It's not something that I really think I should be a part of. Then you probably are right. Your, your uh, innermost soul is going to tell you. What's good for you and what's bad if you listen? If you're a Christian, we call that the Holy Ghost. If you're indwelt with the Holy Ghost, he will tell you. Don't walk in that way. Refrain your foot from that path. Proverbs 4.14 sounds a lot like the uh, Exodus that we just read, 23.2. Enter not into the path of the wicked and go not in the way of the evil man. There are so many people out there who are trading in their, uh, it's evil for money. Now, how do you say that? 
Just go out and listen. Go out and look. Politicians, newspaper reporters, news anchors, all of them, they're trading evil for money. They tell lies. They cover up stuff. They backroom deals. We know they go on. We have to know who do we feel is bringing us a good report. Now, I listen, whatever I do listen to, I try to listen to with the spiritual ear and the earthly ear both open. That spiritual ear is the one that's going to lead you in the right direction. Because that's the direction you really do want to go in. People are so easily drawn in. You know, when you see, you know, Jesus said there's going to be wars and rumors of wars. Well, we know that there's wars. But yet I watch things like uh, statesmen from different countries flying in to a place called Ukraine where there's this massive war with the Russians going on. But yet they fly in, they walk down the city street of Kiev. I don't call it Kiev, it's Kiev. I've never had a chicken Kiev. It's Kiev. The little the little sawed-off runt that's over there can call it what he wants. And they walk down the street, out in the open. You don't hear any bombs going off. All oh, the other day when one uh, our president was there, there was uh, air raid siren, sirens went off. But there was no air raid. Maybe there was... One happening in Syria. And they were just putting on a show up there in Kiev. Um, again, when you see those kinds of things and you hear these people talk, you, everything they say it needs to be discerned and needs to go through the... Uh, the the uh, the funnel or in, through the filter of the Bible, it goes through the filter of the Holy Ghost in your in your life to help you figure out: Is this really the truth? Do I really want to take this in? You know, I I know people. I've known them all my life, or at least the last twenty years. Let's put it that way. So locked in to the conspiracy. Now, I agree. There's a lot of things that are touted as conspiracy theory, which end up being very true in the end. I don't discount all of it. But I got to tell you, that here late, it's because we're getting closer to the end. Remember? The birth pangs. They, they are not just the things that are actually happening, but these people continually coming out and predicting it. And they'll say, it's going to happen. You know, if I keep saying the same thing over and over again, sooner or later it probably will happen. 
if I predict over and over that a certain event will probably, unless it's something so far out of, you know, it will probably happen. And then I can say, see, I was right. Is our economy going to crash? I wouldn't be surprised, but I'm not going to put a date on it because I don't know. I, I got a pretty good idea that, you know, we're going to go through some tough times here. So we need to be very cautious and maybe a little pessimistic towards some of this stuff. <clears throat> now here's a good one, Exodus 23.4. These are the ones where it gets a little bit more difficult. If thou meet thine enemy's ox or his ass going astray, thou shalt surely bring it back to him again. Notice it didn't say your enemy's I'm sorry, it didn't say your friend's ox or your friend's ass. It said your enemies. You shall surely, that means you will, without hesitation, bring it back to him again. You know, it's easy to love your friends. It's easy to love your neighbor, as long as you really get along with him. It's easy to love your family. But you know, we all somewhere, we have a enemy seems like a strong word. We have people that we don't want to hang out with. But if you see their uh, car being stolen, we don't just say, well, that's good for them. They deserve it. Now, I know people that will do that. They're just so vindictive. They've been hurt so bad by somebody. And, you know, you don't have to hang out with them. And if they're your enemy, if there's somebody that you're having that much at enmity with, you don't want to hang out with them. Now, let's put this into a salvific kind of a context. You see somebody that you're really, you know, you know they don't like you. You do your best to be at least approachable to them. And you still know they just don't like me. And, you know, I'm human. I'm not that big of a fan of them either. But you know that they're unsaved. You know that they have no regard for Jesus. That to me is, you know, now this, this was literal in the, in the Hebrew where it talked about your enemy's, you know, ox or your enemy's donkey going astray. That means they, they're, they're getting out of their pen and walking down the road or whatever. But think about this as if it's your enemy's soul that's gone astray. All we as sheep have gone astray, each one to his own way. And Jesus came to save me and my enemy. You know, 
Enemies only exist on this side of eternity. If we could get past ourselves, if we can divorce ourselves, as Jesus says, deny ourselves, pick up that cross daily and follow him. We don't have time for enemies. We're going to have people that don't like us. We're going to have people that are going to literally probably want to throw stones at us when we walk by. And, you know, these days they do it with their eyes. It's like the, what do they call that the, the look of death or the daggers, you know. That's okay. I can't return that back. Now, do I? I probably would. <laughs> but here's the thing. I've got to get past me. Job 31.29 If I rejoiced at the destruction of him that hated me or lifted up myself when evil found him, neither have I suffered my mouth to sin by wishing curse to his soul. In other words, he says, I don't need to be Job. As much as he's been through, this is Job 31. He's deep into it. He's lost his kids, his cows, his camels, donkeys, everything. All he's left with is his wife and three buddies that are just really no friends at all. He says, I I can't rejoice at the destruction of him that hates me. You know, even these guys that have done our nation great harm, and I think they have to say that we turned our back on a lot of this stuff, but uh, the, the terrorists that you know, the World Trade Centers came down and many people died. You know, I don't care about the conspiracy there either. I've got people who will say, I've got documents. I say, you don't have nothing. Nobody that that put those towers up sent you a document. You found it on the Internet or they found it and gave it to you, whatever. Whatever, uh, the jet fuel thing, I, I, I'm with you. I don't really believe that. A lot, I think there's a lot more to it, but I don't want to go into that either because, again, it's a false report unless I know it for sure. And I don't know. So I keep my, my opinions to myself. And, you know, there's people who say, well, what do you think about when they killed bin Laden? I was like, well, I don't really relish in that because God didn't. Jesus didn't sit there and say, all right, wiping his hands, saying, we got rid of that one. That was a soul that flew right into hell. And that's a sad moment. You know, uh, to see a certain state's person, woman, you know, just like she was licking her lips about uh, Muammar Gaddafi being killed and then watching an entire nation called Libya fall into disrepair. Who's happy about that? Well, she was. You don't know who she was. Check that out. Happened back there in the Obama years. But to see these people relishing, oh, we killed him, drug him through the streets, isn't that cool, blew his head off. You know, that, that doesn't bring me a lot of peace. 
as you get older and you get a little bit more older in Christ, you start to look at things a little bit differently. Yes, there are some people that we have incarcerated in our prisons that need to stay there. There's people that we let out that should have never got out. Uh, it's easy to sit back and say they should get the death penalty. That's Again, that's up to the state to do, not me. Do I believe in it? Don't, don't back me into a corner on that one. <clears throat> Here's a perfect example of where the Bible will lead you. Proverbs 24, 17 and 18. Rejoice not when thine enemy falleth, and let not thine heart be glad when he stumbleth. Lest the Lord see it, and it displease him, and he turn away his wrath from him. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, not yours, not mine. If your enemy, or your whatever you want to call him, has a tumbling, it doesn't necessarily mean they die, but it's it just that they go through a rough time, perhaps. And you sit there and go, <laughs> good for you. God says, don't let your heart be glad when your enemy falleth or when he stumbleth. Because then the Lord can say, he may see that. And it may displease him. And he'll turn his, he'll turn his wrath away from him, your enemy. And you know what? He may turn his wrath against you. Oh, I'm a child of the king. I'm not going to feel the wrath of God. You go against God enough times, sooner or later, you will feel something. The Beatitudes, Matthew 5, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. That's actually not in the Beatitudes, but... You know, blessed are the peacemakers, right? I'm going to break those beatitudes down one of these days. I got so many other projects going on. You know, it's one of those things that Matthew wrote it. It was in Luke as well. Bless them that curse you and pray for them that despitefully use you. Paul wrote it, 12-7, Romans 12-7, recompense to no man evil for evil, provide things honest in the sight of all men. If it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peacefully or peaceably with all men. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place but rather give place unto wrath, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. Therefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him drink. For in so doing, thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. You know, the Holy Spirit's a wonderful, wonderful person, a wonderful, wonderful entity. 
He gave these words to Paul. Uh, Paul was a very astute scholar of the Old Testament, as we call it, or the Tanakh and Torah, as they would have called it. He knew the law. He was raised up as a, a, a Pharisee of the Pharisees. He studied under a guy by the name of Gamaliel, who was a rabbi. Rabbis in the, in the day were disciple makers. Let's just call it that. They, they, they gathered a group of men, usually 12, and they took them out and they showed them everything, how to live their life. And then when they set them free to go out and do uh, the work, of a Pharisee at that point, let's say as Jesus set his men out to do the work of the Lord Jesus Christ, the people who saw them, they also, you know, these guys were pretty well known. They knew from whom they learned and they could see their teacher in their life. Have we learned enough from the Lord himself to let people know that he is the teacher in our life? Or have we spent too much of our time too close to false matters? Do you remember me reading Exodus 23, 7 out, of, out there a little while ago? Remember, we're back in Exodus 23 again. <laughs> Keep thee far from a false matter, and the innocent and righteous slay thou not. For I will not justify the wicked. I will not justify the wicked. Who's the I? It is God himself. The great I am. The I am that I am I am. I am that I am. That guy. That God. That super powerful being who created everything that you look out that window and see. The trees, the birds, the grass, the earth. He says, I will not justify the wicked. If you get yourself so caught up into the false matters of this world and you get into that so deeply that that's all you think about, that, oh, no, 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 I'm in my my Bible all the time. I read all the time. I'm, I'm in church. I'm in this. I'm in that. But I'm more into this. I'm, 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 I'm really concerned about the world I live in. So am I. I'm concerned that there's a lot of people that are going to die and go to hell. And not concerned that, you know, a nuke might fall on my backyard. I would say that would be a, a blessing in the end. Just whoosh, and it's over, you know. I don't really look forward to that happening. You need to be in lockstep, walking with God, walking with Jesus, staying far from a false matter. You know, there's there's a lot to be said there, isn't there? Saker Dabar. 
is what it says in Hebrew. Just having some fun. But you don't want to be in that. It's a lie. A false matter. No matter how you cut it, it's a lie. If it does not come to fruition, especially these guys who throw a date out there, this is what it's happening, and it doesn't happen, they're a false prophet, and they're a liar, and it says that we're to stone them. Now, in the common day, we don't stone people. It's like I've said before, and I'll say again, you, wanna, you, you really want to hurt a guy these days, you know what you do? You just don't listen to them anymore. You shut them off. A wicked doer giveth heed to false lips, and a liar giveth ear to a naughty tongue. It's Proverbs 17, 4. We need to be discerning. We need to get more in tune with the gospel. We need to be on our knees before God a lot more than we are. You know, we, we pray for the things that uh, pray for our country. We pray for our churches. We pray for our pastors, all good things and all things that we should do. We also need to pray for ourselves, that we, you know, get off of ourselves and understand that sometimes we allow ourselves to be pulled into things that really we should not be. I've read this over and over again to you. I've read it to myself and my wife and I have sat and looked at this over and over again. It's Revelation 21.8. Notice it's Revelation 21.8. It talks about the overcomers in Revelation 21.7. He that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son or daughter. But the fearful, the unbelieving, the abominable, murderers, whoremongers, sorcerers, which is dopers, idolaters, and all liars, shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Can it be any plainer? I want you to see this. It says, but the fearful and the unbelieving and the abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters. But then it says, and all liars. We really, I mean, that's, that's where you come. The rubber hits the road. What does God consider a lie? I guess it's something that's untrue. I guess it'd be even those of us who sit at the fire of the ungodly and, and warm our hands. Remember what happened to Peter? Now Peter was restored. But a lot of people want to linger at that fire with the unbelievers. They want to linger at that fire of the people who persecute Jesus. Paul also was a big persecutor of the Christian church, and God turned him around. It's called repentance, confession, 
and gave him a job that he took on fully and went and did. He didn't sit and listen to the liars of his day. He went out and rebuked them. He went out and was a missionary to them. People who would have, that ended up killing him. He didn't lie to him. He didn't say it. You can live your best life now. Ah, all you got to do, all you got to do is say a five second prayer and then, you know, it's, it's okay. It's all good. Now go back and listen to Alex Jones or turn on CNN. You warm your hands or even Fox. Some of them dudes on Fox, I won't even give them a, a second's notice. You can sit there and warm your hands at that fire. You can put up with the homosexuals that they bring in to give you the news. And even some of the guys I like do that. You just got to know that there is something better that God's planned. This world, as, as my granny and granddad used to say it's going to hell in a handcart that's not a curse that's just a truth it's not getting better don't let the big book tell you it's getting better the big book is god's book it tells us that things will get worse things will get more painful things will get more like that birth where there's pain and there's blood and then the child's born and we're all happy coming how soon I don't know it's coming you can see it the contractions are happening till the next time Tom Richards removing confusion podcast it is February the 28th I didn't tell you that top but who cares just let you know last day of February 2023 till next time God bless you thank you for listening With a heavenly home My holy father Well he's made me